Welcome to Path of Inner Peace podcast. I am Ricardo, an intuitive empath, medium, Reiki practitioner, and the illustrating author of the Triad in Tales. On the podcast, we discuss in a sacred and safe arena all sorts of subjects, ranging from the very mundane and often amusing world of an experience of fitness training, to comics, animation, and movies, and all the way to indigenous sovereignty, anti-racism, and the uplift of the LGBTQIA communities across the globe. Also, we also cover the several spiritual topics me and our amazing guests will discuss for you. In your own path of inner peace, it is my desire to support and uplift you where you are right now and on the way to who you're becoming. So let's take a step. Got it. Meeting is being live streamed. Can you see my screen as well? No. Hello. Are we on? I suppose so. Let's see. It's interesting because you said, are we on? And the closed captions say, hello, everyone, which is what I was supposed to say. <laughs> um, okay. All right. I don't know if anybody is watching just yet. Oh, yeah, we're on. <laughs> we are. Is there a way of inviting people to watch? Anybody is watching just yet? Oh, yeah, we're on. We are. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to share this in Messenger. Okay. So I'm sending this to Alexa, to Jessica, to Ambi. And we'll be talking about spirituality and like mediumship and that oh, kind yes. of thing. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Okay. I want to. I can see you, but I can't see me. Okay. Thank you. Can't see like my own thing. What can't you see? This is ridiculous. I'm such a newbie. <laughs> We're both on there. Yes, we are. Can you see it playing? Am I sharing my screen with you? <laughs> no, you're not. Okay. No airplanes. Nope. Wait, no airplanes? What? what Isn't is that what you said? Wait. <laughs> How do I? Oh, there we are. Okay. All right. Whew. Okay. So, welcome to the fourth episode of the second season on Path of the Inner Peace podcast. Um, if you want to know why I'm the only one hosting this right now, and I'm getting like reverb from like what I said five seconds ago. It's the recording. It's just picking up in your ear. Is that okay? Yeah, it's going to record perfectly fine. So you're going to have that every time you record. Um, so I have to. I, I only wear one <laughs> headphone. This is online comedy for sure. We're all learning today. We are here to learn. My ADHD brain is. <laughs> 
literally frying right now. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes, we are here to learn. Okay. <clears throat> are we settled? We're settled. Are you okay. settled? I'm settled. I just want to make sure. Oh, I think I understand. I'm going to stop this here. And we can have a natural conversation. I don't even know if anybody is watching right now. Four so. people. Oh, <laughs> please comment and make fun of me on the comments because I this is my first time ever doing this. <laughs> We're learning how to go live on Facebook right now through Zoom. So there's a little bit of a struggle there, but we're here now. This and is we're the all over it. <laughs> this is, this is um, yeah. the way that the day has been going. I feel like for a lot of, at least myself and like everyone else I've run into so far. So just roll with it. Yes. We and just by the way, please feel free to, to like lead the show. Just know we just found out that there's a, a twin aspect to me and Catherine. If you would like to raise your phallic um, tool <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to the screen, yeah. we have the same thing going on here. Um, so welcome. I'm going to restart. However, I don't even know if this is editable, but here we go. Welcome to the Path of Inner Peace episode number four of season two. And today I am speaking with Catherine Ann Galvin. She's an amazing medium and she hosts the podcast True Crime? What, murder what and Mediumship? Yes, Murder and Mediumship. The true crime genre? <laughs> yeah. So I personally, I usually try not to go into that genre of things because when I have in previous experiences, it was pretty daunting. It was kind of scary for me and I was a lot younger. Um, but in recent times, um, it's been more manageable because thanks to you and Ambi, uh, Ambi is Ambrosia Matthews uh, from the Inner Bloom podcast community and the podcast itself. Um, I've been able to like manage my sensations, emotions as an intuitive and a medium. And so it's been a lot of fun being able to contribute sometimes to like give feedback on someone's impression, including you, Catherine. Do you want to tell us about your podcast a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So Murder and Mediumship started, it was like a pipe dream, probably two Halloweens ago. I was like, you know, I really want to start this podcast. I want to connect to people who have passed, who were murdered, or try to like get into the crime scene and see what I can see about things as a medium and psychically connect to what's going on. And my girlfriend was like, yeah, just be careful with legality, but I think you should really do this. Like you should really do it. <clears throat> Long story short, I ended up starting a different podcast with a friend that fell through because as you know, when the universe wants you somewhere else, it puts you somewhere else. So when COVID hit and I had a newborn baby and all of the things were freaking crazy, I thought, let's add one more, one more thing to my plate and dive into this podcast. And I started using initially, let's rewind a little bit. I started using podcasts like uh, Crime Junkies, like the Vanish podcast, um, stuff like that, where I could go in and kind of see like, all right, who did it? What can I know about this person? How did they die? Like just testing my own psychic ability with it, growing it, flexing the muscle, right? So it started with that. And I would find like 
I would go on this wild roller coaster listening to the episodes and be like, I know it was a teacher involved. I know it was a teacher. And then at the end, they would finally reveal that this person was in fact like a teacher, but not in a traditional sense. Maybe like they taught her horseback riding or they were a mentor or something like that. I was like, wow, I'm pretty good at this. So yeah. I kept going and I took a couple of classes and the podcast has turned into a platform for raising the voices of those who have passed, who are on the other side and getting them more media attention, even if that is for the time being on my smaller for the time being podcast, because everyone's voice deserves a chance to be heard regardless of what the media does with their stories. So it's about raising the voices of those whose stories have not made national headlines and that kind of thing to either bring peace to their family or bring peace to their spirit. There's a little fly in my face over here. Um, and it's been a wild ride. So having you to kind of go to and say, this is what I'm seeing, or can you tell me what I'm, what you're seeing? Not what I'm seeing, which I know you can tell me too, but can you tell me what, um, what you're seeing to kind of corroborate and make sure that we're getting similar things. And then sometimes, you know, as an intuitive, you hear one thing and it kind of opens the door so you can tap in and it explains what you were seeing. So then you can kind of go a little bit farther. So we've had like, each of us has had like a rung of the ladder to add to it, to keep going. And it's been really helpful. So Absolutely. it's funny too, because I was just talking um, about you the other day to a friend of mine saying, you know, in the beginning, he was like, not, he's like, oh no, yeah, I'll, I'll tap in if you need help. But I said, secretly, I think he kind of loves it because he's always like, listen, this is what I'm hearing. I'm like, yeah, you're true creme junkie. Tell me a little bit more about how you're not into it. <laughs> Calling me out. Okay. You feel so, <laughs> so first of all, it's an honor because um, I've recently in recent years been embracing my intuition. And in the past year, uh, embracing my mediumship. Actually, it was Ambrosia who kind of like put me on the spot and said why aren't you doing readings yet and I'm and I was literally like I was stopped in my tracks and I'm like wait are you saying I'm a medium <laughs> like how have you not realized by yourself <laughs> but I've been doing readings and I've been connecting with spirit all my life without really putting a label on it but <clears throat> as far as being like one of the intuitives that you connect with to corroborate your impressions first of all it's an honor because you're trusting me and yeah absolutely and second I want to give something back to you about your podcast and you said it was a small podcast and from my experience as someone who does dream interpretation custom guided meditations and mediumship calls even when the person you're helping your sitter is just someone no one knows anything about but you're helping that person that happiness that you feel that sense of fulfillment that mm -hmm. you get from knowing that you gave them something that belonged to them and you were just like a part of the conveyor belt um for them that's so uplifting and fulfilling and if one person that matters listens to your podcast that's all it needs to be the platform it needs to be it's not about size because that's such a patriarchal way of measuring the worst the worth of things um not the worst but the worth of saying things jesus christ <laughs> um oh. i think we just discussed how size does matter but um no i'm kidding um it's you're absolutely right and that has been the most powerful experience in that show was actually having 
someone from actually twice now, someone from a family member of a victim that I covered, reach out to me and thank me for giving them that platform. And it's, it's huge. It's so huge because these are the forgotten cases and they're not forgotten to everyone. And I, I realized in this, if I may, um, I'm essentially featuring trying to stick to BIPOC, the BIPOC community and making sure that those are the stories being shared because especially if you follow even a slight little piece of the news, you've been making sure that very aware of shared because especially sorry. What are you doing over there? I was <laughs> trying to see the comments on the show, but I have no idea how I can do that without having like sound coming in. But go on, please go on. Here. Oh, it's Jessica says, hello, loves. Um, okay. I picked up my phone and turned the volume down. So it's all right here, man. It's all right here. Um, <laughs> that um, featuring the BIPOC community has been a really powerful experience because it has taught me so much about how to help other people who are not part of the BIPOC community contribute in whatever way they can to elevating the needs of the BIPOC community, if that makes sense. It's, it's really been an eye-opening experience as well to see that the most horrifying thing that I have discovered is that being a, a white woman, if my child or if I went missing, people would be looking for them so much faster than anyone of color. And that just turns, it turned my stomach. I was like, this is disgusting. So in searching for information to corroborate what it is that I see as a medium and as a psychic, it's nearly impossible to find more than a few articles about these people. And then like the Lacey Petersons, the Chandra Levy's, the Gabby Petitos, they cover all of it. And it's, it's just, that is part of privilege that people don't necessarily think of yeah and, and and it's it's in like the sickest of ways that even when we're in a, a a space where we really need help and our voices to be heard we have privilege it's crazy people don't think about that so i just yeah. wanted to toot that part of it as well because that has become one of the most important pieces of the show in the way that it features those who aren't otherwise featured but again so go go the fun part of the show is with on our Patreon, we then flip it and we go from all of like the really difficult things to hear and process and, and be aware of. And then we step into doing like celebrity interviews. So we talked to Marilyn Monroe last month, this month, I think it's Bobby Kennedy was who was voted for. We're on the track. We got to know what's going on with the Kennedys now. So we're just going to keep hopping through and then we'll get off of these conspiracies eventually. But like Bobby Kennedy, we did an interview with Michael Jackson a while back. Like, so we get into like that fun stuff and we have those conversations with um, celebrities who would be open to being interviewed. Um, you can see on my YouTube channel, we've also connected to serial killers, which is just part of my sick fascination with crime. I just needed to know more. Um, but even that was really interesting, just understanding the human brain and, and why people are doing the things that they're doing. So there's more than just that aspect of true crime. We have fun doing, well, fun for some people, terrifying for others, I suppose, connecting to different energies like that as well for um, more fun. So exactly. here's something that I, I just wanted to pull back a little bit on was you were mm -hmm. talking about the podcast and the role that you perform in using your platform to support BIPOC, BIPOC voices in, in this little field. 
And I think it's awesome. And I think it's uh, our responsibility as people with certain privileges, being them like being full uh, body abled or something like that, um, to, to do what we can to provide comfort and support to those who don't have or share the same privileges as we do. And <clears throat> so again, the size of your platform, I think, or I'd rather measure the size or the worth of your platform by what you choose to do and not mm -hmm. by the numbers that we can see attached to it. Does that make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. As soon as I let those words come out of my mouth, I was like, I'm going to get a spiritual whooping right now. <laughs> it's not a spiritual whooping. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's love. It yeah. is love. It is um, love. So yeah, tell, so tell me, like, I would like for us, like both of us to have a little bit of a conversation on how it was for you growing up more or less aware of your intuition of your mediumship how was your process how did you come into or how were you born with these gifts okay I love that you said that um Ambrosia who was my mentor as well said like how do you not know you're a medium because mm -hmm. same <laughs> it was essentially the same thing I have a few very vivid memories of my childhood where we would be driving to, and I grew up in a very rural area. We would be driving to um, my Girl Scout meeting through like windy backwoods roads. And I remember seeing kids playing on the side of the road. And years later, my sister and I talked about it and we were like, wait, you saw that too? We had both seen it. She's completely shut off to her gifts now. But um, okay. I, I definitely... It was just mind blowing. I remember that. And the, like the very first thing that I remember being unable to explain away and being like, I saw a mother effing ghost <laughs> was when I was in the sixth grade. So I was what, maybe 12 years old. And I was, I'll say walking, but when I say walking, please hear, I was running terrified that someone was right behind me because that's how I always felt. I'm sure you know that feeling because the energy is always behind you, right? It's all around you but you don't realize that's what's going on. So I went to run into my parents' driveway and we are on like all of the streets are these very straight streets. Everything's laid out for like farmland style. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I run around the corner and I go where the fourth or fifth house up on this very small street in a very small village area. And right next to the tree, it's a small tree. Not everything's small right now. It's a small tree next to our driveway. And I saw this man in overalls with one undone and like a white shirt on. And he was African-American. Um, he had on like a white shirt and he had on overalls and I saw his boots and his hair was kind of messy and he had a pipe and he nodded his head at me. And I <laughs> looked, if you're watching this and you're not listening to the playback, I went, <laughs> looked just like what the hell was that and I ran like I booked it like the next 15 steps to my parents um side entrance and I turned and I looked and he wasn't there and I remember just thinking I saw that there's no way I didn't see that do you have goosebumps mm -hmm. and <laughs> they I remember telling my friends and it was my first experience where someone looked at me like I was a complete dumbass but they were like they started calling him Smokey. So that was Smokey who was next door. And it was this big joke because all my friends were like the bad kids, quote unquote. And I was the nerdy one in the sea of troublemakers and I still am. So it was, I wear that badge proudly. Did I had seen him two or three more name? times. 
Sorry. No, I never found out his name. I had seen him two or three more times. And that was the same year that I decided to try to connect um, to like, we, we had what we call the seance, which I'm sure was nothing like what it really was. We were teenage preteen girls at that. My parents were going through a divorce. My two best girlfriends were over and we looked up on our dial up internet how to connect with the spirit, right? I'm sure we like looked it up on Yahoo or Bing or whatever it was at the time. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) we looked it up and I remember getting like probably like a Bath and Body Works candle from my mom's (laughs) cabinet. (laughs) And we had like, we were holding hands. We had a Bible because none of us were churchgoers. So that made total sense to have a Bible because they did it in the movies. (laughs) And we held hands and we read like whatever it was that we read to connect. And I was trying to connect to my uncle Donald or my uncle Chris, who were both on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing, we had this, um, it gives that, that house and windy weather, the, like the stovepipe like connects to the outside, the, the exhaust or whatever. So if the wind was really blowing, it would sound like popcorn in there. Right. Okay. And it, so you could hear it, like it was a windier day and that was like, like popping all over the place. And I, we all have our eyes closed. We're holding hands. They're probably not nearly as scared as I am because they don't feel the energy the way that I unknowingly did. Right. Mm -hmm. And I start, I hear this like thud and then I hear no, no, stop, stop. And I was like, we have to stop. But I remember breaking hands and like blowing up a candle. I was like, that's probably not how we were supposed to do it. Something's supposed mm-hmm. to burn. And we burned the directions in the snow, burned the directions because that made sense. And I stayed away from it for a very long time after that. But that house, I would have experiences where I would see this hand like came down at my face and it said things in German. I speak English and very broken, minimal Spanish. Like I could get by if I were lost somewhere, but that's about it. And, um, I heard this hand say something in German that translated to, I own you. Like I have you, I'll follow you wherever you go. And it mm. scared the ever loving shit out of me. At that time I was 15, 16, still didn't know I was psychic, still didn't know. Had a vision where my dad was going to hit a deer in his car and not make it to my high school swim meet. Hit a deer that day, didn't make it to my swim meet. It was just like one thing after the next. I would always know what was going on with my family. And I remember my mom saying that I had really good ears and like hindsight. I don't think it's that I overheard it physically. Mm-hmm. I think I overheard it in my mind's ear, so to speak. So can I can I ask you another question? Yeah. So this one has to do with your most recent podcast episode, like connecting both your experience in the past with now. Um I've, I've, you know, we've had sessions where I've done like ancestral connection with you, just regular mediumship and dream interpretation. And we've also had like a conversation recently on Clubhouse where all of that just came together. Remember that, right? Yes. Um, And we can usually feel and sense each other somehow. Um, Boundaries, yes. But, uh, (laughs) but we- Our intentions are good. Yeah, I think we're both like a little bit of like a goofy Muppet somehow. So Mm -hmm. we we can, we can be at ease with each other. My question is, do you think that, um, am I, are we choppy? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Because my video just froze. Oh, I can see you and hear you. Okay, I'll keep on talking. So do you think that like personal connection with another medium helps you not only to sense on your side but to also strengthen how both of you sense the same subject 100 i do 
I 100% think that the more, um, how do I want to say this? The friendships that I have where I can continue to use mediumship and that they can also use it with me. So it's, it's that two-way street. Mm-hmm. Those have become the strongest friendships. And also it's almost like having like a gym buddy, right? So yeah. you're going to, you're going to hear my dog go shaking in the background. Um, you have like this gym buddy that you're practicing your mediumship skills with. So yeah, I do think it's helpful, but it's also worth noting too, that you could, if, if you're both mediums and you're say in the same room physically in the mm-hmm. same space with the same energy, we're both going to perceive it differently, right? Or possibly even see something completely differently. Or in my experience with my son, it's only showing itself to him and I'm unable to see it. So I think it's very helpful, but it also, it, it elevates you to different um, vibrations and experiences that you wouldn't otherwise have if you were just practicing on your own. I think like that's that's perfect. Oh God, I love this. Also, it segs it segues into how I wanted to connect your experience with how we kind of connect with each other with this most recent episode about Adam Castillo, um, mm-hmm. which we had a conversation yesterday about this because basically he visited me and we had a conversation where he was like unloading a ton of information on me and I had to share it with you because it was your episode and I wanted to share with you anything and everything that might help you further this case or support this family. And besides one of the key things that he conveyed to me was like, he doesn't even care about the case. He just wants his family to be at peace. Um, He did share a lot of details with me that I was not aware whether you knew about them or not. But it's interesting that in our conversation, you were able to get something that I conveyed to you that confirmed some of your personal suspicions or intuitions and even something that the other intuitive that you connect with to corroborate your impressions Mm -hmm. um, told you, right? So it was really interesting. Um, How was it for you? This is a completely different question. How was it for you growing and like growing in society and growing familiar with these experiences how was it for you? Because here in Portugal, even today, there's so much general resistance towards people who are intuitive, sensitive, working with a subtle energies um, that I find myself having to educate people when there shouldn't be a need for me to educate people. Like you have stuff online, you can find it out. Um, how was it for you throughout these fairly recent years to navigate your own emotional biases and society's um, biases towards this often controversial um, field because there's controversy. Yeah, there is a lot of controversy here as well. I think the thing about living in the U.S. is that there are so many pockets of, and I'm sure it's the same, but living in the U.S., there are so many pockets of um, areas who are just like devoutly religious in their own space or they're in it, like, especially like, yeah, our faces say it all. And then there's the, um, there's, <clears throat> there's more um, in Virginia beach where I am. It's a very deeply spiritual area. A lot of people are awakened to this way of thinking. So it's almost easier with, I mean, if you do a little bit of Googling Edgar Casey and like all of his like spiritual teachings, they happened here. So there is more of that 
openness to it. But then there's still a lot of, we're still in a very like conservative state. Well, swing state, according to whoever, but it depends on where you are. We're more in the South of it. So it's more conservative. You go back home to where I'm from and coming out to that community was way more, um, I don't want to say difficult. It was just different. It was different because they knew me growing up in a small town. I graduated with 67 kids in my class. Like we all knew each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiny town. When I say that, it was tiny. So we knew everyone, first, middle, last name, like everybody. Okay. So we went with these kids from the time they were picking their noses in kindergarten to the time they were like graduating high school. We were with the same group of kids for the most part. So putting that out there was probably more difficult. And I do wonder if I would have been as open to it had I never picked up and moved away. But Mm. I am someone who when this all came to me, when I was working with my mentor and it was kind of the question was raised, what do you want to do with this? I said, I want to do what you're doing. I want to use this gift to help because I've always known that I was meant to do more than what I'm doing. And this is what I want. This is what I desire. And I quit my job within two weeks of saying that to her and went all in to do this. So go ahead. No, I I just love and admire this about you I just want to let you know that like on my interface here everything disappeared and so I'm holding my phone to the left so that I can have like an idea of your face oh okay so um but keep on going because I love this it was it was easier here (laughs) it was easier to do here and my husband was actually I will never forget telling him well the psychic I saw today said I should take a class with her because she thinks I should be doing readings like she is. I don't feel like she's trying to scam me or anything. And my husband said, well, how much is it? And I said, it's $222. And he goes, you've spent that amount of money on way dumber things than this. Go for it. <laughs> like literally what he like. said. And I was like, okay, cool. So I took the class with her and four weeks later, my life had completely shifted. And I said, fuck this. I'm done. Excuse me. I said, forget this. I'm done working in this. Oh, I don't know the language you're good. Okay. Okay. So, um, it became, it was such a quick transition. And with my husband, I think it's harder for him to be forthcoming about what his wife does than it is for me, because I embody the idea of being like an Aries of being very, I'm, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it and everyone's going to know about it. And that's just how, that's not how I've always been. It's how I've been in adulthood though. And Mm. I could go down that squirrel path real fast, but I'm not going to do it. So I had a very defining moment in my life where I said, I'm done hiding who I am. I'm ready to do this because life is too short. One, to be taken too seriously and two, to hide and not do what you're meant to do in this life. So I, I went all in. And when I told my husband, I'm quitting my job, I was working at a restaurant and he's like, good, that place is toxic for you anyway. It's time to get out. So, and we were in the brink of divorce. Now that man is, he went from an enlisted person in the Navy to an officer. And he is in a very conservative community, but he introduces his wife and he says, this is my wife, Catherine. Um, she's a podcast host. Like he'll start with that. It'll be like, well, she's psychic or you should really check this out. This is what she does. And he's very supportive, but he's very, I think he doesn't want to get made fun of. And, and I honestly, I hold nothing against him for that because it's a very different line of work to be in. Right. So yeah, have some, have some caution around it. I don't mind. And I prefer not that's, to throw myself really in there. I, I, I got to ask you something like, because like in, with the queer community, 
we often offer our own pronouns. Mine are he, him, they, them. However, people, I wouldn't say any pronouns, but he, him, they, them are my main. Um, and how do you feel about this? How do you feel about him announcing you when he's introducing you to someone new? Is there a way that you would like to be referred to mm. when you're not there or when you're being introduced? Because like that might help him feel comfortable in doing it too. That is interesting. Right? So typically that's a really good point. Um, I feel like before he introduces me, people have already heard about me, <laughs> which is fair. I think I come with a warning label for him, but he loves it. Yeah. I love That's it. Awesome. I think it's funny. You know, the nature of our relationship is to like banter back and forth and mess with each other. And I wouldn't have it any other way, but he, by the time that I'm introduced, I am, this is my wife, Catherine. And that's usually what it's left at. And I'm fine with that because I want to have the chance to read the person, not read them fully, but read the energy and know, like, is this a safe a space to say what I do, or am I going to be brought into a conversation where, oh, are you scamming people and this, that, and the other? Go. Okay. So you just said something that I really want to include in our conversation, which yeah. is reading the person. Oh my God, that this is actually important. I don't know if anybody else is still watching, but I think this is really important. We are all empaths to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. And so we all read each other, but people sometimes are like, a little bit ignorant, whether willingly or unwillingly. And they ask, oh my God, please don't tell me any secrets or don't talk about my secrets or something like that. But there's a difference between like <laughs> em um, empathic reading, which is just being human in a room and interacting with the energy around you and doing a psychic or intuitive reading on someone, mm -hmm. which is a few levels deeper in that spectrum. I don't know if this is how you see it, but for me, it's very clear that there's a difference, that there's like an instinctive yeah. difference there. How how does that happen for you? And does, like, does this verbiage resonate with you? Yeah, I think that um, when you're reading the energy as an empath, it's more for your own survival and benefit, right? Self-preservation. It's mm -hmm. walking into, I always think of the manager who I would work with and I wouldn't, she didn't have to have her car there even that day. And I'd walk in and I'd be like, oof. Okay. It's here. <laughs> you could feel it, right? That's self-preservation. When you're meeting someone in there, I, I am so turned off to feeling other people other than their energy when I'm not in that space. Mm -hmm. I'm not in that space. Number one, I want to enjoy myself and I'm not doing that. If, excuse me, I'm feeling into all of your shit. It's not my business. I don't want to know. And I lived my life as a very nosy person for a very long time. So I really don't want to know. Don't tell me. And I'm a terrible secret keeper because I assume everyone knows what I know. <laughs> so it's awful. Yeah, you should know that now? as well. So um, no, because I'm also very forgetful. So that helps too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, when you are connecting to another person to read what they have actually going on with them, you have to have like a permission. And when you're yeah. reading just their energy, it's it's the same way that you like you read the room, right? That's everyone yes. knows that expression. You're reading the room. Um, I will also say that when you have secrets that you don't want someone to know, for me as a practicing psychic, I'm often able to only see, oh, this person has a secret and they don't want to talk about it. And that's where I'm leaving it. And I don't dig deeper to see what it is. The only time it will come up is if it's in their benefit for me to hit on it with them. Otherwise, I'm not going to see it. 
So I'll even, and I have said in readings, like, listen, I can tell there's something you're really guarded about. I can't see what it is unless you take that deep breath, let your guard down and allow me in to see it, or we're not going to talk about it because it's not mine to have. So I think, yeah. It's interesting. Are, are we still connected? Yeah. Okay. It's interesting that you say that because um, <clears throat> I've felt that in certain readings, but I didn't have the wherewithal to actually convey what you did. And so that's really important. Um, another thing that I, I wanted to like run into the conversation and see what your take is, um, is <laughs> when you're doing a reading with a sitter, do you usually limit to like a number of visitors or do you go in straight ahead with the intention of communicating with a select either number or a specific person does how does that like if you have a session with a sitter not like doing podcast work but doing yeah. mediumship privately how how does that function for you if you so, don't mind sharing the process oh no not at all for me <laughs> i say listen i i go with what it's the same every time Hey, have you ever had a reading before? I want to know, like, one, are they really open to it? Or was this like a gift? Or did someone push them to do it is kind mm -hmm. of where I'm starting with that. Yeah. If they say yes or no, I say, well, the way it works for me is that I do have cards here. I typically only use cards if people are really guarded and I need like a tipping off point for them. Yeah. Um, and then I will say, if there is someone on the other side, you are really hell bent on visiting with, I would like you to really focus on them. And to even possibly let me know their first name, their last name. I don't need to know your relationship, but I, I want to know, think of it as like placing a phone call so that I can call this person in for you. I'm also really terrible with names. So if I get a name that's like close, you got to go with it because it's like in like the living world and in the other side, mm -hmm. I'm terrible with names. However, um, something I'm working on with like, you got to flex that muscle, right? Um, but I, I don't set a limit. I do have half hour and 45 minute readings. I tell people if they ask ahead of time, you're going to want like just half an hour for this, or you're going to want like the full 45 minutes, because if you have a lot of questions and a lot of people, that's fine. But you know how it is with spirit. You can set that intention. Like, okay, we're going to connect with two people on the other side for you. And then there's like 20 popping in. You kind of have to like whoever wants to be known more come through more and um, there's also like in my experience i'm sorry to cut you off no you're good okay in my experience there's certain spirits themselves that are very guarded and they don't want to expose certain things about themselves in the session mm -hmm. um and i often feel like it's like wait is my gift really working is like is the engine even there you know yeah it feels almost like i i might not be sensing them but it's not because i'm not working or not my you. intuition is not connected it's because they are trying to guard themselves um and so it often feels like the connection like the signal isn't really strong but it's there um cool wait i wanted to ask you something else neurodiverse brain going into <laughs> which was oh okay um scary stories do you want to share a scary story like uh a reading or i don't know because people like we all have a little bit of a morbid interest in some of these things um some more than others yeah <laughs> but if you don't want to talk about it i'll just no. share an experience i had like one of my first experiences as 
someone who was touched or connected with the other side. You go um, first. Okay, so I was about three or four years old. I was at my mother's oh, place and chills. my, I don't think my father was living there anymore. I remember being in bed and I heard an old lady, yes, basically a hag. I heard an old lady um, speaking, cackling, laughing, and speaking with a uh, like this kind of male companion. And I could even describe them visually to you, but I could not see them with my eyes, but I knew they were there. They dragged me out of the bed. I remember falling against my will and they dragged me on the floor to the entrance of the house where there was this like, um, it's not a cupboard, but it's a cupboard that has some space underneath. And I locked myself in there until I felt like they were done with me, but I felt very violated and um, I understood that my experience was not a common experience immediately. Like, this is not what regular human beings uh, experience on a daily or the nightly basis. And, but I kept it quiet until I started sharing it with um, people who had similar experiences. So that was like my, one of my earliest memories of connecting with spirit and the other, and the other side, even though I have other memories of like being psychic, which is kind of different. Um, it's different, yeah. And so I like if you're a medium or if you're just tapping into your intuition and mediumship, I would like you to listen to at least me and Catherine here. And I'm going to have other guests to talk on this. Um, it's so easy for us to be wrapped around in the energy of like scary stories. And it's fun, but it also attracts similar energy. So if you don't really want to deal with certain entities or certain presences the energy really is what calls so be be mindful beware of that and if you're more experienced you know that you can take care of your boundaries mm -hmm. so that if you're playing with a subject if you're going to do some research at least you're protected and you know that you're very assertive with your energy in your field and I think that both you and Ambrosia are a lot more experienced than me in this and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because if someone is really interested in fields with you know, more <clears throat> negative energy, sinister. for lack of a better yeah. word, because I, yeah, sinister, good, sinister energy, I think it's good to have that energetic preparation. So what would your words of advice be for that? Okay, 120 million quadrillion thousand percent there, okay? You have got to, and I say this because, do you know what I mean if I say like, you're an eyebrow up person. Like someone's like, don't touch that. And you're like, okay, I'm going to touch it. Right. Yeah. So that eyebrow goes up and you're like, no, oh, I'm probably going to touch it. Every time my kids do it, I'm like, ah, oh, motherfuckers, that's me. I see me in that child's eyebrow up. I have connected with serial killers, right? I've connected with Jeffrey Dahmer with, um, we did Ted Bundy. Oh, I enjoyed that one actually. Yeah, <laughs> Charles fine. Manson. Whatever. That was actually a really fun interview. I think there were a few more. Uh, John Wayne Gacy, uh, five or six of them. Um, Elizabeth Bathory from way back when. That was like okay. chilling. But the intent has to be set that this is who you're speaking with and nothing else is welcome in. And okay. then when you're disconnecting, this is important as well you fully disconnect. The way it was explained to me by my therapist years ago was wow. I literally caught her reading me. I was like, wait a minute, you do what I do. 
oh, mm -hmm. wait a minute here. So she explained when you have that connection, you can do this as an empath or with someone um, spiritually, you and you envision like a rope connecting between your heart and their heart and you burn the rope. And then when you see both pieces of the rope fall to the ground, mm -hmm. you like snap your finger, stomp your finger, sneeze, or make some kind of really like jarring noise so that you know that connection is broken. Now for me, I would be one to kind of leave that tiny little tendril of rope still connected. And I, I had to, that's the eyebrow up, right? Where you have to cut it all the way. So at the end of every night, I picture it almost like when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm not just like being lazy and forgetting about that energetic cleansing as mm -hmm. you have recently reminded me about my spiritual hygiene to continue to do that. Thank you. Um, you have to, um, because that spiritual hygiene is so important. You have to keep cleansing it. You have to yep. keep cleansing and being aware of what's in your space. It's huge. So I think that second cup of coffee is kicking and now I'm starting to speak so quickly. Um, you have to I take, like I take like this, like guillotine almost. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I put like all of the ropes that I've connected with through the whole day. I lay them all on the line there and I let it like, whoop, just chop it all. Then I'm done right? I don't have to do them one by one. It's done because the intention is what the most powerful thing is there. Exactly. So you guillotine that shit and you're done with all of the energy. You close the door on it. You, you take that deep breath. I also am really one for energetically cleansing showers and how that's different from a regular shower is simply again, your intention, right? So I like to light a candle, like a white candle, I will use, um, it's not sage. What do I have here? It's uh, rosemary and lavender, I think, that I'll cleanse with. Um, and then set the intention of, and this is something my kids and I have recently started doing. We, yeah, exactly. Um, we grow that big ball of white energy and we let it keep, you're going to poke your eye. <laughs> She's <Yes. so> <laughs> That's you can't the turn the mom off. <laughs> yeah. So you grow that ball of white light until it takes up the whole space and you keep growing it out and out and out, right? And you kick all of that energy out. I have a question for you from Megan Meadow. Meadow, Meadow, Med hmm. Meadow, hey, Megan, right? Yes. So do you ever second guess yourself and not trust yourself that you have cut the cord officially? And I would like you to answer to that, if that's okay. I did in the past. And then um, I don't think I did it. I didn't second guess whether I did it or not. I knew that I wasn't fully doing it because I was leaving that eyebrow up. So yes, but if you're second guessing it, just take that second like butcher's knife. I don't know what it is with all these like, sharp objects in me today. Um, cutting, it's cutting the cord. Cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. So if you second guess it, just cut it again and know that like, mm, this just came to me too. Add that, that statement at the end, you know, where you're like, and so it is, it puts yeah. that finality around it. It really like seals it in. Okay. Um, so something? yeah. So one of the things that you're saying, and one of the things that I use for myself is this intention of cord cutting is, um, is to actually assert your own space, your energy mm -hmm. to define that this is where you quote unquote end and nothing else is allowed in. Um, and God, my thoughts are so flaky because like, I know there's things that I want to tell. Oh, okay. So for me, in my experience uh, as a medium or an intuitive, it was really life-changing when Ambrosia told me, uh, like confirmed to me that I was a medium and that I should try doing readings because from that moment on, 
the the noise in my mind became clear not that it went down it like everything that I was sensing every day all of these impressions all of these voices they're not voices like I'm not hallucinating them it's not like a physical voice but all of these voices Mm -hmm. all of these minds all of these people all these sounds that were populating my mind and my perception I'm super itchy because I had a cold and my nose is very tender and soft so my skin okay Oh, Megan says she feels that. I wonder if you feel the sensitive part of my mind or my nose. Okay, whatever. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. And so just knowing that, that already cleared up space for me. But this is also why it's so important to um, do energetic cleansing and to really clear up your personal boundaries, even inside your mind. Um, and also, I don't know if Ambie is still watching, but I would love to have you on the show. Um, and maybe one day we can do a show together with Catherine and Jessica and Alexa and whoever else and have a party online. Um, Those boundaries, can I revisit something on that? Yes, please do. When people talk about how they have like a nervousness around setting boundaries because they don't want to be rude or this, that, or the other thing, if you think of it as like a fence on your property line, right? You're telling people this isn't your property, so you can't come in here whenever you want to. I have a fence and I have a gate and I can open it and let you in if I want to, but you're not allowed in here anytime you want because this is my house. This is my yard. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. And if someone just wandered into your yard in the middle of the day, they came over your fence, you would be like, what in the fuck are you doing here? So it's the same with your boundaries. Literally, I would be like, excuse me, (laughs) but still (laughs) call my husband. Can you come home? (laughs) And this is one of the things that I love about the parallels of like recent technology and the energetics of like telepathy and all of that, because we're coming to like a closer physical achievable parallel to how these things work, because Mm -hmm. you can actually send and communicate because we're, we're not just receiving and perceiving, we're also sending off energy and information outside of us. So if there's something you want to do with someone and you have an appointment with them, if you're imagining yourself having a conversation with them, energetically, it's already happening. And I can confirm that because I remember having this best friend of mine in university. And there were some times when we had arguments and I remember that we had to do work together or we met each other almost every day. And I was on the train on the way to meet her. And I was having either an argument or a fun conversation in my mind. And I swear to God, I stepped into her car we started talking and the conversation would pick up literally from the point <laughs> where I had stopped imagining it. Okay. So it's like, yep. so it's, this is also about boundaries. And so it's really <clears throat> important to know when you're actually wanting to intentionally communicate. There's also another thing that I'd like to add to the cord cutting process and the, the aspect of boundaries, which is these tools that Catherine and I are sharing with you, they're accessible to anyone. But if you're doing energetic word work like Reiki or Karuna or acupuncture or something else, it's really important to also use the things that are available from your current techniques. And sometimes if you can't visualize something, just use your body and use your motion to mm-hmm. create that. Make sure that like, okay, if you need to close the day, you can just hold your doorknob in your room and open the door and say, okay, I'm closing for today. I do not want to connect with spirit anymore. And you intentionally close the door. It can be such a simple gesture. As long as just like you were saying earlier, the intention is there. And on the 
energetic um, showers, water is such an amplifier and a buffer at the same time. So I totally recommend those. Yeah. Yeah. When you, at the end of every day, and it's definitely, it makes a huge difference in my sleep. I had very interrupted sleep last night, thanks to my tiniest of humans, but it was more restful because I took that shower where I let all of it just come off of me. And I pictured like black sludge, just like dripping down the drain because it's that energy. I don't want to hold on to. I'm a very visual person. But with the boundary random with you like yeah. on tiktok right now Jeez. there's this lady who speaks french she has snails on her face and i swear to god i don't know like is that like a cosmetic thing i don't know i don't know she's got like three snails crawling on her face i'm definitely triggered by that i don't know what the purpose or intention is behind that, that what you that's just the pictured? image it's like you told me about the slugs and it's not very different, but hmm. sludge, like sludge, oh, like sludge. shit coming off of you. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, wash the slugs down. It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> they might clog the drain though. Um, I would say <laughs> this yeah. is energy though. It's interesting because people who are, I just had an experience with a client who I've tried telling you're very intuitive. I don't think he fully perceives that. And he had a dream experience where we were communicating in his dream. And I fully feel like I was there in the dream, but I was like called to it. And it felt so invasive because he doesn't know that he did it. So So I felt invasive to you or to him, to me, to me, it felt invasive because I was very shut off. Yep. He pulled me into it and was dealing with his own stuff through communicating with me, but I wasn't there. And then was Mm. like frustrated with what I told him in his dream. And I'm like, my dude, you can, I cannot be held responsible for what you bring into your dreams. Like get out of my space, (laughs) just trying to sleep. So I thought that was interesting because you're absolutely right. If you're pulling someone's energy in like that, you are using their, um, you are connecting in that way unintentionally. Mm. You definitely are. And I have done that to you a few times as well. Without I just made like a, a guilty sideways look Same. because recently I've had a conversation with one of our common friends on this. We were talking about free will and like spells and like energetic intentions around someone choosing to interact with you because you want to convince them energetically to do it. And I hadn't realized that I had done something like that. And of course I did and I regret it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm learning an attachment. <laughs> but it's 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 real. That's that's my point. Is that mm-hmm. all of these things are real? So mental and energetic hygiene is really important. Can I ask you a different question, or is there something mm-hmm. about this and boundaries that you still want to like? Really? No, nope. you go right ahead. Okay, so my question. I know my stance. I know my posture. I know what my ethics and integrity. Um, parameters are um but it's really easy to conflate spirit work with spiritual work and i don't know what your interpretation is for these terms i don't know if for you they're one and only or if they're slightly separate as they are for me Uh, and i can tell you about mine afterwards or even before if you'd rather but is this something you'd like to talk about I would say, I've never really thought about this, but what's coming to me is that spiritual work is more, spirit work is connecting with spirit, 
it's connecting with spirit with an intention of bringing something forward, I would say, whether it's for another person or for your, for yourself, spiritual work is that self-care that, um, connecting to your higher power, to a higher power and using that as like a regenerative, rejuvenating, connecting, like, um, you know what I'm trying to say, where you're using that as something that, um, helps you to grow in your life experiences and with others. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So in my personal wording, spirit work does not require ethics because Mm. I'm just talking about like the observable reality, which is there's all kinds of people who are able to connect with spirits that are able to connect with energy and you know, their modus operandi might be questionable depending on your value system. Um, And so these gifts, they are part of us as human beings. Um, They are part of who we are and who we are supposed to be even as a species. So I'm glad that so many people are tapping into this. And at the same time, I really appreciate the fact that we have perennial traditions like Buddhism and certain aspects of Christianity and uh, Islam and indigenous cultures really guiding us on the ethos. And, And so there's this term in Hinduism called Dharma, which is how we choose to perform, how we choose to act. And and so for me, spirituality has that twofold thing, which is how we live within ourselves, how we deal with our own personal and internal, interior, internal reality, but also how we choose to behave and perform in the world beyond our skin. And I love what you said. And yeah, well, thank you. Because the way like our relationships are also influenced by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> don't you love when you follow it with that? Like at the end, that's when I want to go, aren't I pretty? <laughs> the end of my thought train. Um, yes, though. No, no, that makes so much sense. I <laughs> think I got a little ADD there and I heard everything that you said, but then it was like, God, his voice is so soothing. And I got lost on that for a second. Um, You're (laughs) very much, that makes sense to me. And I love that because what you just tied in, if anyone is like lost on the whole idea of Dharma, that is essentially what you're saying, where you're embodying what you believe. So you're the living embodiment of, of the ethics that you hold, the values that you hold. And that's not a fixed thing, right? Like it changes every day. It can change at every moment. So long as you're, you know, that you're doing your best like this, I think life more and more as we grow in this path is less about putting pressure on ourselves and putting fire behind our butt. Mm -hmm. It's different, right? You know, like setting ourselves in motion, in motion and being inspired and being moved by that inspiration is it feels like a better motivator for myself than the pressure to perform, the pressure to prosper or the, or the need to put foot on the table. You know, it's just feels like energetically there's something better and more appealing to that. And what I'm tapping into in my life right now is to just, okay, for this period of my life, uh, these are the things that I'm not giving up on. These are the things that I'm ruling myself by because all of the rest of my life I've been ruled by external conditioners. And so I, it's it's an, it's sometimes a painful adventure, but I love this, mm-hmm. both in the personal internal path and 
but especially how it affects my relationships and how much more clarity and quality it has brought to my personal interactions. So I'm really grateful that you're a part of my life. I'm grateful you're a part of my life. I feel like that whole idea of the fence is just like so in my head now. I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. Like it's now it's on like this real estate tangent. Like you think about people who constantly, if you have this relationship in your life, I feel like I need to say this, where someone is constantly using your energy or using you or coming to you for things over and over and over again. And they're used to having this in front of them. When you put that fence up, you think about it, like where they've been walking for those years, they're mm -hmm. still tread there. It's still worn. So they are now going to be met with that. Like, Oh shit, there's a fucking fence here now? What do I do? How do I, I got to go around this? Like there's a different way to get to where I need to be. So you have to give them the space to learn mm -hmm. that though, right? When you're setting boundaries, it's so important, especially when they're newer, that you're giving people the time and the, the chance to acclimate to the way that you're now presenting yourself and the way that you're holding your energy and what you're making available to people. So you can't just all of a sudden, I mean, you can, it's your prerogative, but if you kind of are like, well, this is how I see it. Let me give you the chance in the space to get used to the way that things are now, because this is what I'm saying. This fence is here. I'm not going to cut a hole in the fence so you can keep walking through my property like this. I'm going to leave it here and you can now come to the front door and see if I'm available. I love, I is. love that you said that because, and, and that also reminded me of something, which is that sometimes we are those agents, like we, we are trying to hold space for ourselves. And at the same time, we might be that unintentional or sometimes intentional, I don't know, invader of someone else's space and boundary. Mm -hmm. And I love that as I am learning to live my life in truth and in authenticity, and again, this is a process there's people I love and that I reach out to and that I interact with. And my intention is my intention within my mind. But mm -hmm. however that is perceived and interpreted on the other side, that's up to them. And it's up to me then to be responsible on whether my behavior is trespassing. And so I know that I'm like spazzy. I'm animal, the Muppet, so often that sometimes that might be off-putting to people and they need that distance from me. And I love them for knowing how to hold their boundaries and like giving me the space to like, okay, I'm not responding to you because I've got my own life. And I'm like, okay. And I'm, but I used to be super impatient. I used to be super insecure. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, hmm, it's okay. If we can't interact now, there's going to be a chance for us to interact and enjoy each other. And I like, I take my Muppet ass <laughs> out of the <laughs> frame. <laughs> and just go do my thing but like it this teaches me and I hope it teaches other people that it's okay to like be rejected it's really good to be rejected because it's not going to end you it's not going to reflect on your value and at the same time it's also teaching you that you deserve to treasure your own space so that's it. yes 100 yeah. percent I love that can I ask you one more question before we mm -hmm. wrap up because I like we're closing it on an hour. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So my question is, is a mother and mediumship a true crime exclusive podcast? Or do you ever do an episode where you like steer off from this um, true crime investigation kind of thing? It so far has been true crime exclusive. Mm -hmm. However, 
oh shit, <laughs> the episode I'm working on right now kind of steers off of it. So it still incorporates true crime, but get your psychic head out of my psychic head. I wouldn't um, try to invade. <laughs> that is so funny. So everything we just talked about, there it is. No, um, I am actually working on a case right now that is more historically forward than it is true crime forward. Okay. Um, and it's talking a lot about the disconnect, the disparity between um, the white community and the BIPOC community and yeah. how for the last few decades, people keep saying like, oh, well, you know, that was so long ago. That was so long ago, but it's not. And, and you got to think about like, listen to the episode. Yes. <laughs> That's all I'm I'll really say. Listen to the episode. Is it yeah, the, e, so, is it the e. mm-hmm. T. Dot thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole case just leading up to it. Um, this is what I was working on last night, actually, when you told me, finally, you said, if I may, (laughs) can you, um, stop procrastinating and go to bed because the universe is telling you you're not procrastinating. You're not meant to do this right now. And if I would have listened, I think I would have had more than an hour of sleep before my baby woke me up. So I should have listened to you. (laughs) I went to bed at 3 3 a.m. So I didn't even go to the gym this morning. I might go after like my early evening appointment because I need to get some cardio done, but whatever. Um, do you do you have like more stuff to add because also by the way like this this podcast is like an open-ended project um mm-hmm. i'd love to have you back on eventually Absolutely. or soon um, whenever if ever you want to discuss things beyond the scope of like the true crime thing just hit me up and we can do it here if you want and i'll like i'll pass on the the host uh hammer thing whatever it's called to you if you want to mine's um, a selenite wand <laughs> this is my this is my selenite why did i do that voice okay um okay. okay yeah i would love that i would love that that is one thing that hosting true crime has left me waiting like for the opportunity to have conversation outside of other things my poor husband comes home and I'm like I have to tell you what these people tried to pass off as law and that this was okay and no one said anything and that poor man is just like what I just came back from work <laughs> excuse me right he's I know now I have to spare the, the gruesome details and just get to the the gist of what's wrong with society. So thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for having me on the show. I know we've been talking about it for a long time, so I'm so grateful. I, this is awesome. And thank you for helping me with getting all of this ready. Um, <laughs> also, so I have your link tree on the mm-hmm. show notes or the description of today's episode. Um, but if you're okay with it, would you like telling me and telling us other things that you do besides your show and how people can find you and where they can find you? Yeah, so... My uh, website is katherineannintuitive.com. Definitely click that on the link tree because I know Catherine can be spelled 17,000 different ways and so can Anne. So uh, go ahead and click that. You can find me on, if you want to privately message me, do so on Instagram. If you message me on TikTok, I'm probably never going to respond to it because all notifications are turned off for mental health reasons with that. Um, 
So I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Catherine.Ann.Intuitive. And you can find me mostly on good old IG. I do psychic mediumship readings and I also, which I love doing, absolutely love doing. And I also do private mentoring and coaching on finding yourself worth standing up for yourself and taking your life by the fucking horns and deciding to live it. Um, so it's not for the dilly dallyers or the pussyfooters. It is to jump right in. And that language, I believe, is my mother's. So <laughs> there's a little bit of a preview into the culture I grew up in. <laughs> so okay. thank you. All right. So before... oh, inverter and mediumship is on Spotify and iTunes. Yes. So before you go, I just want to like read a couple of things that have been written here by Megan again. Um, so oh, mm, 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 mm. so she said earlier that she could feel when you start your path, you can feel everyone's feelings as an empath. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why boundaries are so important. Um, and so Megan said that afterwards, she was blowing this chat up, but had to say, Catherine, and your makeup eyes look amazing. Yeah, I agree. Thank um, you. <laughs> And uh, okay, so I want to thank you. And I want to thank everybody who decided to watch or listen to this podcast. Um, and this was awesome. And I cannot wait to record the next episode. Uh, some episodes will be solo by me and some episodes will have one or even more guests. This is very exciting. Also, the meditations that are um, mm. under the podcast will also be published uh, especially through Anchor, but we are going to have meditations for sale um, outside of the podcast itself. Um, and until we speak again, peace be with you always. Thank you very much. I love you, Catherine. Love you. Did you turn it off Facebook? I don't think so. Like remember that <laughs> remember that that thing kind of disappeared from my screen. I don't even know it's no, it's still going on. Oh god, this is delirious. <laughs> what if you just leave the I'm gonna Here. turn this off. I'll call you back or something. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. It's still life. Fuck. Okay. You can connect with the podcast on every streaming platform where you can find podcasts and you can also connect with the podcast on Instagram at Path of Inner Peace. Also on Facebook, there's a, a group page there that you can connect with the podcast. If you want to connect with me directly, you can connect with me at rick4art on Instagram and TikTok and uh, also Clubhouse um, on Facebook. You can also connect through the um, podcast platform and through email, you can connect with me at rickforart at gmail.com. If you want to schedule a meeting or a call with me, you can go onto my link tree in my Instagram profile and there you can find my landing page um, where you will be able to choose whatever function I can perform for you. 
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. Peace be with you always.